pardon me, dog. Do you understand what I'm what I'm talking about? It was. You're listening to a rock candy podcast. You have arrived at your destination, guys. By myself again, here to let you know that this is part two of our crossover episode with Matt Langston of Eleven D Life. Enjoy this pop punk train derailing um, for the next hour. And if you haven't heard part one yet, um, why would you listen to the second part of a conversation without having heard the first part? So here we go. you could have gone to a show where like this on the same bill you'd have newfound glory and like thrice you know yeah. <laughs> right, right, or right. or, yeah. or coheed and cambria speaking yeah. of which just a couple years ago yeah. for free i might add because i have a friend whose dad's a, a photographer and he gets wow. passes to this one venue in town cool, i man. saw brag about it i saw <laughs> saves the day and coheed recently oh on God. a bill together yes and please it all like all of those feelings that i used to feel like do you remember when you you, you heard taking back sunday for the first time sure. where he's just wailing about like <laughs> The like blood coming out of his yeah. wrists, yeah. and he's just really sure. upset. But he also just sounds so damn cool, yep. right? Yeah, yep. like right. right. You know, I you know the last time I saw Tang back, I've seen them quite a few times. But every time I go see him, like I feel the same feelings. Like yeah. they've they captured this like just sure. like this raw kind of like primal feeling of growing up, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I think they've done pretty well, kind of growing up with their music and as right. well. But like going to see Coheed and like watching like an entire crowd just go oh oh, 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 oh. and that one yeah. part of that song that they were sure. really before it's like yeah. dog i had my eyes watered up you know what i mean it's like yeah man pardon me dog do you understand what i'm what i'm talking about it was you guys know the oh yeah I actually do know that. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's from uh, Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, maybe. Ooh. I could be mistaken. Oh, wow. It's hard to say. Look at that memory say, on but, you. Well, actually, I just, as I said, had a conversation about this right before recording this, and we got to go heed. So, it's, yes. Uh, yeah. So, you had an awesome primer. Yeah, yeah. I, I did, Before yeah. we get mm-hmm. too far into the other um, weeds with this, well, first of all, I, yeah. let's just like pause for a second. I fucking sure. love this. You guys are fantastic. Uh, Hell yeah, you dude. are my I'm people. A great time. And <laughs> <laughs> I'll knit you a face mask. Um, <laughs> so one of the things I think is really interesting about this, and I thought it was really cool that we that we hit on Enema of the State because I know that that is a really big yeah. record for a lot of people. Um, for sure. My personal feelings uh, about this record is that that record in particular, alongside with a lot of the other albums that were coming out around that time, had a very specific production quality to it Mm. that I feel like the other records that were being released at the time didn't quite have. Like, there are definitely some pop punk bands that are making records that are that are sounding okay but you also like pro tools is becoming a thing right yeah um digital recordings because so the ability to make these records really really tight um and to mix them in in precise ways that analog wasn't able to do at the time you know even just linear editing i'm getting into nerd weeds for everybody so i won't say they're super Mm -hmm. long but I feel like the sound of records starts changing. And this is one of those records that all of my friends and I, when we were, you know, on tour in the band, we would put this record on maybe once a week and we would say, how the hell does this thing sound like fucking sugar? Like it's Jerry Finn, Jerry Finn, man. Let's, let's get nerdy. Okay. Let's get nerdy. Jump in. You know, Jerry Finn, like he, he was, he was, uh, hired after Enema of the State, like to like start, kind of cherry picking different like pop punk bands who had potential and making them sound like a million bucks, like some 41, like he went and saw some 41 play and they were like, what'd you think? He's like, man, your guy's guitar tone is sucks, but we're going to fix that. You're going to be fine. You know, like, (laughs) and he, you know, he was like one of the earlier, like they're, you know, they're really simple tones, but he would like, you know, he would 
he would have two different amps, you know, playing at the same time with two different mics just to get like the warmth of, you know, that Marshall warmth. Uh, but a also Mesa with, like, and a Marshall? A Mesa what? and a Marshall, exactly. <laughs> so you have the, the chunk and you have like the, the texture and all of those things. And yeah. like Jerry Finn was like the man. He was, I think, a big player in the, the pop punk sound when that was happening. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's, um, I remember feeling pretty bummed out when I, when I read that he had died. Yeah. Like a, a aneurysm, I think a brain aneurysm. Yeah. Or something. I don't mm. remember exactly when that was. It was, it was right after, right after Blink's, uh, self-titled, titled album, um, right. which was kind of their, their yep, first yep. adult album, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was the one where they just felt like grownups in a way i mean just the fact that the title of the record wasn't a sexual pun (laughs) right (laughs) that shows that shows growth right there right right yeah so that was 2008 actually um Mm. for for finda and he oh wow um, oh wow so it was was a while while yeah it was a bit ago and he Hmm. i mean it was blink 182 afi sum 41 alkaline trio green day yeah mxpx rancid i mean he has handed a bunch of this a bunch of this stuff yeah it's weird thinking of like you know, a band like Rancid, like yeah. probably wouldn't have reached the mainstream had it not been for Blink One Eighty Two. You know, it's yeah, for sure. Um, well, yeah, and I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but for me, a really big light bulb moment for us within the music industry was when we went to Nashville and we were talking about doing a, a record with, uh, I think it was like our, our second record with Sony. And we had this conversation with the guys at the label who were like, Hey, really love the demos that you've been sending in, but we'd like to connect you with a writer. And Oh man, we had the same experience. Yeah. Had I been viewing this in a totally different way, I would have just rode the wave. Um, there's so many incredible songwriters in Nashville and anytime that you have a chance to co-write with somebody, take them up on it. Who cares if what mm. you come up with is bullshit? Sure. Everybody mm. has a different way of channeling their thoughts and their feelings through songs. And I always yeah. feel like I pick up something from somebody, a cool little tool or a, or a different, you know, uh, neural pathway of thinking about sure, music totally. whenever I'm writing with other people. And so I really love that. And a lot of that, um, a lot of the conversations we had were like, look, everybody can make really great records. We can throw money at a record and make it sound good, but we'd much rather throw money at being able to put you in a room with the right writer who can mm-hmm. write a song right. that like, it doesn't matter who records it. This is going to be great just because it's like a great song. And it got me into the artistry sure. of songwriting. Um, yeah. And you know, like within the punk scene there's always this like well yeah but it needs to be us and our voice and our thing yeah um yeah. and so I, a lot of bands push back on that what was your experience we we did we pushed back quite a bit um and that was around the time probably a year leading up to our disbanding um and a lot of that was just like not feeling like we could fit inside of a uh a Christian industry, if that makes sense. Um, sure. So the label we were courting at the time, um, we were dating. We had a, a contract set up, right? Do you mind and saying it, who the know, label was, or do you are trying to uh, keep names? Sure. They were they were called Centricity. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Which which in in retrospect would have been just a terrible fit. Um, <laughs> you know we uh, do, you, do you know Seth Mosley? We I so I think we did a couple of shows with his band. Me in Motion. Me in Motion. There you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we used to tour with them quite a bit. Again, it was not a very good fit. Um, but uh, I used to play bass for them because their bass player um, That's right. wasn't available. Right. So like, I would do a few tours just like we basically got on the bill because like I was I was. I could learn all the songs really fast. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, and you know, Seth now is like, he's like writing songs yeah. for the top dogs in the Christian industry. He's driving a nice car now, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, for, for us, and I, again, it was just, I think it, for us, it was stemming from that punk rock um, attitude. Like actually all the people who worked at that label were genuine, genuinely, Super cool. The A and R guy we worked with um, was into us as a band, into our sound. He got it, but at the same time, he did understand that the thing that we did, 
isn't going to get radio play. Mm. And radio play in that industry is how you get on the bigger bills, especially like in a kind of a Christian market. So they basically were asking us like, let's let's do an EP for your 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 label debut, right? And let's do four for you, one for us, kind of thing. So we're gonna <laughs> you know we're gonna put you in a, in a room. Uh, they're gonna we're gonna put you in a room with several different writers. Uh, I can't remember some of their names, but like Mark Townsend, yeah. we wrote with Mark Townsend. He did. A, he produced a bunch of the Reliant K stuff. Yeah, he did. Um, and which which at the time we were like, oh, well, this could be a cool kind of fit. But like, you know, at the end of the day, like it always felt like the co-writers were trying to steer the ship in just a completely different way because they knew it was going to work for Christian radio. Because yeah. they know what the A&R person is looking for. Yes. Well, and that was that was going to be one of my questions for you, Joe, as you were talking about this, because we started, we started talking about writing with other people in terms of like, and you even said this at one point, like you thought maybe that you guys pushing against that at that point was sort of came out of this sort of punk rock view of how you needed to do things. But I'm curious if if for you all it was just knowing you i'm curious how much of it was that versus how much of it was not the problem of like we have to do this but the problem of like the other people are pushing us to do something that is just not what we want to do at all mm. do you know what i mean yeah um I, I i wonder if if you had gotten in a room with just a really good songwriter yeah if if it would have been a different story you know what i mean yeah i mean maybe but i mean that's the thing is like most of the people we worked with were just real they were really good songwriters i mean like right right but like i i have a feeling maybe a conversation happened in those meetings to set up <laughs> you know what i mean before we got there to where like sure maybe if the circumstances were different and we were all just kind of getting together to kind of write the best song yeah for the band we were in because you, you yeah. know it was also a thing where like when you meet in nashville to write a song to do a co-write um, it's not necessarily, all right, let's get together and write a song for you. It's like, yeah. let's get together and write a song together and see, you know, see what happens after that. Maybe we throw it in the, in the pot and someone will, you know, maybe yeah. it'll get made, you know, or, yeah. You know. yeah. Well, and, and, and to some extent, I mean, the, the goal is here I come with my like elitist bullshit again. <laughs> like, <laughs> to some extent it sounds, I mean, it seems like, and I was long gone by the time you guys were doing songwriting sessions, but, uh. It, it, it sounds like the notion is let's get together and not let's write a song for you, but like let's get together and create a product together. Yeah. Sure. Let's get together and figure out what it is that we are going to sell to make money off of. You know? Right. And those don't yeah. have to be like mutually exclusive or, or incompatible goals. No, but, but it, it, I mean, it you sounds know, sounds like it might have been in your case. You know? when, yeah. When it comes to like a, you know, for us, it was like, how do we make enough money to keep, keep doing this and, to sure. like, you know, keep playing. Sorry, I just burped. I, I sometimes I burp on our podcast, but then I, as soon as it happened, I realized I also burped on your podcast. Yeah, we have no housekeeping rules about that. You, you okay. do you. Okay. Um, yep. So I mean, that, that's that's the whole thing. Is like, you know, for us, it was like let's let's play the music we want to play and make enough to get by. But for them, it's like. For a label, like a label is a business. It's not yeah. just a let's all make art together. It's like, sure, how do we like continue to pay our bills? And, right. and that was that was around the time of three sixty deals, which was like, you know, the artist starves for the machine, and that's just how it worked mm. because the music industry was failing right underneath us. Like, mm. yes. if we had only started like five years earlier, like we, you know, <laughs> sure. we could have done a lot. You know, sure. like, that's what I tell myself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You could have had so much premarital sure. sex backstage <laughs> if only you had done that. Um, yeah, that, I think That's that funny. was the weird thing for us was always like, if it was not like, I wish that I had the maturity of over 30, Matt, now, like looking back, mm. you know, wish that I knew what I don't know. Um, so not to get all Rod Stewart on everybody, but yeah. like they are running a business and yeah. We gave so many fucks about what we were doing and about mm. the purpose and the statement like and the integrity behind what we were doing Sure, that we were incompatible. And so now I would just say, okay, well, we're doing, we're doing two different things, so maybe we should just like separate. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe we're just yeah. two consenting adults and it was fun for a minute. Yeah. And now we go, <laughs> sure. we move on. <laughs> You know, because yeah. one of us is making money off Christ and the other one's trying to figure right. out what he is. So we're not on the same page with any of yeah, that. Sure. And yeah. if it had been something different where it's like, 
we were just signed not to perpetuate an evangelical agenda that we were yeah. just signed as a pop punk band like every other pop punk band was signed to be yeah and we got hooked up with with some great songwriters who were like let's just get a banger like sure. let's make a yeah. cool song that we know is going to be relatable and fun at radio to me that's like yeah there's artistry in that that's fun like that's a cool experiment yeah. to do yeah you're not all definitely. of a sudden pulling all of these these weird like totally pseudo spiritual strings and yeah. like being icky and fucking weird about that's it. what makes it weird definitely, definitely. you know yeah yep. we wrote a whole album about that back in our heyday where like i don't think that like any of the churches we were playing got they didn't get it at all yeah. understood what we were saying sure. but like it, the whole thing was like we feel weird about what we're doing you know but we don't know what else to do <laughs> that was how the, um, that was how the single went yeah, yeah it, it, was a ba- it was a banger <laughs> but I, but I, I'm also on the same page with you. Like I'm a big fa- like I'm a fan of pop music in general, yes, right? Yes. And we did a whole episode on pop music, and like uh, one of my favorite producers right now is um, uh, Jack Antonoff, mm-hmm. and like I feel like there's just something fun and and craftsmany about <laughs> no pun intended. Wh- uh, fun, fun. <laughs> nice. That's good. Nice. Um, there's something very fun in uh, Bleachers and um, what's his <laughs> yeah. other band called? Right. Uh, Red Hearse. Sure. Have you heard Red Hearse? I, I haven't. I'm familiar with a lot of the Bleachers and fun stuff, but yeah, I was. You got to get behind Red Hearse. I was a big yeah, fan of the format when they when I was in high school too. Sure, uh, the format broke up fun. Okay, did they really? <laughs> the the you know what's his name? The lead singer of the format was a singer of fun, and he went off to do his own solo thing. Yeah, to be a cool guy, it didn't work to out because cool fun guy. was fun was dope. But like no, I think there is like artistry and a craftsman thing about crafting like a pop song, right? Yeah, that's like the least punk rock thing I've ever well, no, said. No, I mean I th- I think and and this reminds me of something that that came to my mind when you were talking about the sort of spirituality element of it is that almost it seems like if you just make the crass commercialism more obvious and you just kind of own it then it makes it less gross do you know what i mean like no, absolutely feeling like um i don't know when you throw in the and and this is one of the things i wanted to ask about too is the sort of christian element of this subculture but like when you throw in that element of it where it's like you're pretending like you're just not trying to make a like we're trying to change lives mm. we're not just trying to you know make a buck or whatever that makes it worse than if you're like fuck it dude we're gonna make some cash and we're gonna make a banger yeah. like it's gonna be yeah. awesome yeah um you know what i mean we can't all be family force five okay <laughs> right 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 <laughs> right so that so that was i've always kind of felt like that and i'm god i'm not here to talk shit about anybody i don't care like i let's do I, it i don't care but <laughs> if, if, let's get like that, juicy that pre- for a second yeah yeah <laughs> um there there were these bands like family force five and we played tons and tons of festivals with them yeah. and i i don't know any of those guys personally i feel like i may maybe have had a total of two or three conversations with them backstage like we were very self-contained so anytime that we showed up somewhere we had jobs to do sure they're so like we it wasn't like we just got to chill out in the green room and high five and slap asses with everybody oh, yeah um yeah, all yeah. the time so it was like i loved all, all of these, all of these things about Family Force Five, I thought were really cool. The production quality was amazing. Being able, I think they got to work with Butch Walker at some point. I think you're like, right. Like, yeah. holy <laughs> shit, that's amazing. That would be like a, yeah. a pinnacle of my career would be doing something with Butch. Like, yeah, I'm such a huge fan of him. Yeah, talk mm-hmm. about songwriting. Oh like my that, god, dude. yeah, he's got it yeah, down. It's the real deal. But it, there was this like weird sort of. Uh, they were getting all this coverage in AP. And like mm, right. kind of a part of this whole like 303 crowd also over yeah. here. But total crossover. Yeah. Crossover. But mm. playing all of these Christian festivals where they're like yeah. saying things from stage, like, and I've said some bullshit from stage. So this is I'm, who the fuck am I? Yeah. But they would they would be saying these things like shake your booty for Jesus. Like oh. they would be like yeah. oh kind my. of taking all of this overt sexual energy and evangelicalizing yeah. it. Yeah. Like making it safe to be sexual for Christians. Oof. 
in this yeah. kind of weird, like, Disney way. Like, well, if you don't want kids to get boners, quit making those boobs so big on Disney princesses. Right. Like, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Right. It's it, it, sure. You are always kind of reappropriating sexuality. And for that specific uh, yeah. subsect of Christianity, I feel like they're yeah. so hungry because they're so repressed. Like, yeah. I know because I grew up in it. It's like people don't like to talk about it. It's, it's yeah. Everything is a sin. Like exploring your own sexuality is very forbidden. It's very frowned upon. Sure. Um, and so when you have bands like that that come along that are like, like what what are you doing? Pick a lane. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. and not that mm-hmm. I, I'm not interested in having like a uh, an argument with Family Force Five. Like, I'm they did their thing, and like, and I hope that they're really happy with it. I thought they did made some really really fun music. Um, sure. But I just it was that kind of thing that we were like. No, we're just, if we're, we're not going to do that. Yeah. We're either going to be in this thing and totally bought on and we'll figure out a way to be on board and have our mission statement, or we're not going to have any part of this at all because it just, I feel like if, if if there is a hell, we might actually burn for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. At the time, because I was like, that's actually compromising integrity. That's taking something sure. very, very important and, and that yeah. you consider to be, you know, the key to life, to, to purpose, to meaning, to existence. Sure. And you're taking it and whittling it down to these little bite-sized, like, albums and songs about Christ and all of this yeah. emotional pornography that you peddle to all these people. Yeah. And you don't have to necessarily be good. Your artistry doesn't have to be good. You just have, it, it is the South Park episode <sighs> of Christian rock. Like yes. that episode yeah. is so fucking on point. I <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, I mean those are that's those are fantastic points and I think you're absolutely right and and I'm I'm curious about like the sort of overlap between sort of that punk concern for like we're doing this ourselves we're being honest and we're worried about like integrity and all this kind of stuff we're not going to be full of shit we're not just trying to cash grab all this kind of stuff that seems sort of baked into the values of punk rock or at least how it sees itself or something like that Mm. i i wonder the extent to which when that crosses over and sort of cross pollinates with like christianity right which at least some versions of it you know the the sort of healthy versions of Christianity that I was exposed to. I was exposed to both or many kinds, but like mm. the healthier versions are really concerned with that type of stuff. Like sure. actually worrying about... Are you about, a Christian band or are you Christians in a band? In a band? Right. <laughs> oh my God. That's so good. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and like, like I feel like all of my favorite bands who were in the Christian world or were, or were in the Christian market in the 90s and 2000s now all the ones who I really loved and really like respected are not anymore, even if they're still together. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like um, for, for me, it's like, you know, and these, some of these are sort of pop punky type bands like five iron frenzy, right? Yeah. Re regrouped, no longer, no longer technically. I mean, many of them are still Christians, I think, but like, that's not how they're pushing themselves anymore. Um, yeah. Or like, Calibretto 13 who was doing like folk punk like that dude fucked off and started making horror folk punk you know like he's not he's not interested in any of that shit anymore I remember Um, Calibretto playing like different like festivals yeah. and always thinking like, well, and it's like, like you're you're too cool to be playing Igthus right that, now. Right, that's kind right. of thing. you shouldn't like, be here with me. Like th- those bands or like me without you or all the, they're not pop punk, but like all no. these bands who sort of have this level of of like integrity and honesty. Sure sort of kind of kind of grew out of that it seems like right um yes sure. and, and that's not to say that's not to like throw shit on anybody who's still in it but like that's just my perception of it this dude's throwing shade yeah yeah fight me i mean all of you i also feel like every now and then it's it's really important to throw shade um sure. not sure. maybe totally. not for the but just just to kick the tires on the idea is really important sure. like yeah. Um, which going, I mean, I feel like I learned that like getting into punk rock, it was like, sure, no, sure. always question, like always yeah. wonder what's happening. I mean, that whole subset, when we talk about this ad nauseum on the 11 life podcast, obviously, but I just feel like it was, there's so much about it that is so damaging yeah. to people and people suffer from a lack of definition, like exactly what we yeah. were talking about earlier. Just call a spade a spade, but don't have to sanitize everything that i mean sure 
I don't understand why in the in the real world within nature one of the ways that we actually progress as a species is that we inoculate ourselves <laughs> you know mm-hmm. by experience mm-hmm. we we do it emotionally by going through really fucking tough things emotionally we do it physically yeah. by contracting viruses and bacterial infections and like mm-hmm. building up an immune system and i feel like mm-hmm. that's the way the world works in nature and then spiritually i feel like the the brand of christianity that i grew up in could not take any sort of yeah. cue from that. It was very sure. much like it's Purell on yeah. every fucking thing. And so yeah. at some point, yeah. whenever there's no Purell anymore, you have no frame of reference for anything happening right. internally or externally yeah. in your world. And it's a disservice yeah. to people to Absolutely. toss them out into the world that way. Yeah. you know with no understanding yeah. of it and and also i mean you're you're absolutely right in my experience anyway and also you know that that purell on everything is false it's a lie mm-hmm. right i yeah. mean it is not it is not actually true like a lot of and this would be actually throwing shade so i won't name any bands but like joe and i have known and played shows with bands who like you, what you're doing when you're on stage is completely performance even your spirituality is performance yes. right yeah. sure um there's nothing there's nothing real going on there you're doing everything that a normal person would do off stage but here you're performing b- pretending to be a christian person you know who cares about these things or whatever yeah um or or you've convinced yourself and you're you know i'm not saying that they knew they were doing that but like you know and so that purell on everything it's it's not only damaging to people who actually try to enact it but Mm. it's uh, it seems like it's doubly damaging because it's just not how it works even for the people who say that it's working for them right yes yeah you know yeah we we just did an episode on dave bazan and like Mm. yeah i mean I th- I think that's the thing. If you if you don't purell everything, then like you start seeing the cracks, right? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and and the the thing that you you know the other end of that tunnel where you come out, like it's not going to look like what it looked like before. Yeah. It, and it's going to look different for a- anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. But uh, I mean, for them, they're they're like, well, we can't have another Bazan. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I sure. I haven't I haven't been able to check out your your Dave Bazan episode, which I you know thirty lashes to me for that. Um, but I can't wait to listen to it. But I one of the one of the albums that had a really big impact on me was Dave Bazan's yeah. Curse Your Branches. Yes, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I don't know if me you guys too. mentioned that at all in the in the episode, yeah, yeah. but for sure, man, it was just like it was that pop punk catharsis of oh my god this person's feeling what i'm feeling they're putting words where i don't have them yet it's just this guy's being completely honest Mm -hmm. isn't that that's weird in this in this in this kind of market and he and he did it in like a way that he's another example like of of sort of five iron a calibrator or somebody like that where it's like no the art you're making is just too sophisticated for this market it's just not going to stay in this little world um, it's it's like it has to outgrow it because the parameters set by the subculture are so strict that like you're gonna you're an artist like you're a creative person who's curious and you're gonna go outside those bounds you know what I mean yeah and so I feel like it's weird that you have like Christian art at least that type of Christianity because it's like art is so much about questioning even more broadly than just punk rock right like being artistic to some extent is about questioning and new perspectives and new insights and all this kind of stuff yeah so I, I think you see that actually I, I could just be because i'm friends with a lot of the five iron dudes but i would yeah. love to just like give them a little bit of love right now i feel like they're very good about not taking stances on things as a band yeah. but always defaulting to this position of saying like look we're all individual people in this band it's not like we're you know we're not collectively raising one voice and saying praise him or hail satan yeah it's just like right no everybody's got their own thing and we're all doing our own thing i feel like a lot of those lyrics um kind of like reflect obviously like where reese is (laughs) in his life yeah um sure and i've i'm actually really good friends with scott from five iron he was helping us out with the fountains of wayne cover that we're doing nice he is you should actually have him on your show at some point if you dude i if you i have a five iron frenzy tattoo i mean you know yeah, yeah. i go deep with five like you're, frenzy, you're making so. will's butthole thing <laughs> yeah right it's, it's yeah i didn't want to bring that up on the podcast but like maybe yeah, scott will make your butthole tingle too i so. don't know hey I'm um, open to who anything, knows so. this is it's going to be a post-covid <laughs> world out there buttholes tingling everywhere um but he's i mean i've had some really 
great conversations with Scott, who's very staunch yeah. atheist and kind of yeah. moved. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want to hatch any of his eggs for him, but sure. he definitely, you know, ended up leaving Five Iron because he felt so zealously about the atheist position, yeah. about pulling back the curtain of Christianity and saying, look, but none of this makes sense. <laughs> sure. And so, yeah. but he, he has this experience of like leaving all of that living this life, being able to come back to it, I always feel like he has some really great insight into what that world is like for him. So sure. there, yeah, there's been many nights where we've kind of like sat up and and had some really, really great conversations. And I just, I love it. I love it because there's, it's not ever an angry or accusatory conversation. It's always like, right. tell me what's happened. Like what happened in your heart <laughs> what happened in your feelings what happened yeah with your family with your friends like and how has that evolved over time and would you do anything differently anyway you should have you should totally have an episode with him I'm not trying to hijack your show or anything but no no totally and i mean it's one of those things where like i was gonna i was gonna force joe to do a five arm frenzy episode at some point anyway um <laughs> because like that that band i could talk for four hours like they they shaped my worldview so much i mean mm. like even their sort of Christian stuff, like their first record opens with a song that criticizes Manifest Destiny, right? Yes. I mean, it's like a, it's like a pro-Native people's song yep. that's like criticizing this sort of Old West white cowboy type mentality. So, I yes. mean, they were always t- too big for that world in my in my mind mm. uh, and too sophisticated. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that sounds amazing. So Y'all, y'all remember Pop Goes Punk albums? <laughs> <laughs> Those were dope. Uh, yep. Yep. There it is. Well, we're doing a show about punk, and I saw this CD. Y'all remember that CD that said the word punk on it? Y'all remember that CD? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What? what uh, seriously, though, you brought it up. You have to give me an example of what songs were on there, because I remember that it existed, but I don't remember like what the- Rihanna's, like. Rihanna's umbrella was- Oh, okay. Uh, so this was later than I was thinking. Yeah. Well, oh, but no, this is like 2006. Oh, really? Maybe seven. That song's that old? Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That was that wow. was totally the time. I feel like the first version Damn. of all of that happening, and I don't know if you guys had this download or not, but every yeah. time I re-downloaded Napster after my parents took it away from me, um, <laughs> I, sure. I ended up going after this cover of Barbie Girl. I still to this day have no idea <laughs> oh, what punk yeah. band this is, but everybody that I knew had that download from yeah, Napster. And it great. said MXPX on it, but it was clearly not yeah, MXPX. I know. Dude, I know. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I know the exact yes. thing you're talking about. Is this Holy a deep dive? Shit. Like, what it is this? Because I Dude. remember as a kid thinking, Perfect. I, I'm into this. This is not MXPX. Yes. yes. No. That's I remember so that funny. Too. Yeah. <laughs> right. I would oh have never God. thought of that nope. ever again. I would have lived the rest of my life without thinking about that. Thank you so and much. That's why we do this. <laughs> this is why we're here. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so the very first song I ever illegally downloaded was uh, Papa Roach, <laughs> Cut My Life Into Pieces. Nice. Good. But the second Good. one, yeah. the second one was. Uh, cute without the e cut from the team. There you oh, go. Taking back man. something. Yeah. It's funny, one. like when when you first when I first I remember going to my parents' house several years ago. And it's probably like ten years ago now, but finding some like mixed CDs I made when I was like, you know, <laughs> yeah, twelve or thirteen. Sure. And there being like some boy bands and then punk rock songs on. Oh nice. yeah, nice. It's yeah. like I, I had that weird kind of like uh, gradient time of sure. like. You know, before I was like uh, too cool to like like uh, sugary like mainstream <laughs> pop boy bands. That- sure, yeah. I mean, but I would be shitting you if I wasn't honest that like you know every couple months I'll put on Millennium by the Backstreet Boys or like oh, the go, debut in yeah. sync out. Like, there's a nice. reason it's called pop punk. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. there's a craft yeah. and an art to the melodies that are happening, and there's something yeah. like so earwormy about it, and not. You can't just like sit down and all of a sudden do that. Like sure. it takes time and it takes a craft and it takes the songwriting expertise and it takes a mixture of all of that in the production to bring about the specific type of of subgenre yeah. <laughs> of rock and no, roll definitely. that we're talking about. So no, definitely. I don't feel shame about that. I'm I'm anti shaming you now. For, yeah. Hey, <laughs> I appreciate it. You should feel ashamed of how shamed you were just a minute ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> 
but I mean, like that. Th- those are that's all absolutely true. And like we talked about just to, for a shameless plug, we did a Tom DeLonge episode where we talked about um, Blink One Eighty Two um, through the lens of looking at him. And like, yeah, you know, it's 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 uh, it's not. I for just, no, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to be him so badly yeah. for a long time. <laughs> like, I think th- I think at one point, probably around fifteen, I if someone could could have said you can just have his face on your face <laughs> oh like not God. like not like but like just change <laughs> yeah. your face to his your face, face will be i probably would have like made that decision and then oh like you know completely regretted it later but sure yeah yeah <laughs> it was bad <laughs> and it's the whole idea of like you're trying to figure out who you are when you're doing yeah. that thing and like yeah for me i was tom DeLong. there you go <laughs> yes yes nice who am i yeah. it's 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 the zoolander scene constantly playing over and over again <laughs> i don't know who am i <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite movies of all time, which I think also came out in 1999. Oh wow! Big year for art. <laughs> 1999 <laughs> was. <laughs> it's uh, just absolutely. It was that formative, formative time. Yeah, formative time. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that I could think to mention was like, this was this was something I wrote in my notes. Yeah. The bands you felt that you needed to listen to in order to earn your punk card nice. and, and oh, be okay man. with nice. listening yep. to pop punk. So yep. no effects, right? Sure. Of course. Uh Pennywise. Mm. Pennywise, yeah. The Descendants. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. The fucking Descendants. So good. Bad Religion. Rancid. Yep. And here's yep. the thing, like, you know, you have this this mainstream culture of of pop punk music. Yeah. And then Tony Hawk's Pro Skater comes out. <laughs> Right, yes. and Superman yes. by Goldfinger becomes the biggest yes. song in the universe, yes, dude. And it introduces you to all the all the like if if you know you know you're you can't help as a kid to like you want to feel like the, the thing that you have is like not Absolutely. what everyone else has. It's yes. yours, yeah. yes. And Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> helped you helped you find that right. Yeah, I feel the, like the, you guys should do an entire like. Pop culture <laughs> aftermath of Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yes, totally. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. we could do it. Yeah, I met Bob Burnquist once, and it was one of the highlights of that year for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that, uh, that all the you said Goldfinger. Uh, who else was on that? Lagwagon was on there. Yeah, Lots of um, bands like that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The, the weird um, thing was, I, I know that we pick can pick it up, pick it up. Yeah, we <laughs> can totally move on from this. But there were there were those bands like like Rancid, Black Flag. Yeah. Um, yeah, no effects. Yeah. Um, they were all saying that, like, they all had something that they believed in. Yeah. And I had no, or maybe we all collectively, yeah. especially at the time, being so young, having lived no life, like having no frame of reference for a lot of the the issues and things that they were talking about. I think yeah. we were. I was just attracted to the fact that these people had lived a life and that they had an opinion about it. Yeah. Because when you're a teenager, your opinion about life is constantly being stopped. Sure. And so it's like, I get more now listening to a lot of NoFX lyrics where I'm like, oh, fuck, that's what, oh, yes. Yeah. Of course. Like, that. I'm (laughs) paying taxes now. I understand what the hell is going (laughs) on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, when Rage Against the Machine came out, you didn't know what they were saying. No. Yeah. Yeah. But now, now, like, you, you, you put it on and you're like... Oh my oh, God! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's really saying something, and it yeah. feels so good. Yes, yeah, groove. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, you y'all were talking about like no effects and and Pennywise and Bad Religion and all that stuff. I remember one year I did, um, and it was probably a couple of months. My memory's wild, but um, uh, over a, over a little period of time, I went even farther back than that, and I went and got like Sex Pistols mm. and like Ramon stuff, and I was doing all that, and it was it was totally that move of like trying to legitimate myself. You yes. know what I mean? Be like, yeah, I'm not just I'm not just listening to Blink One Eighty Two. I love Blink One Eighty Two, but I know where this shit came from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it was just for me. Nobody was asking. Nobody was no. challenging my credibility. Yeah, but it, you knew that right. at some point you, know. you were going to be involved in a conversation where somebody mentioned right. a really important band or album, yeah. and you so what true. you didn't want to do yes. is be like, yeah, totally right, and then then be like, yeah, well, what is it? Yeah, you know, exactly. and like call you yeah. out on the spot, and you exactly. not be able to know. So you kind of like have yeah. to buy into the culture to some degree. Like you have to get. A little bit of an education, or else you look like kind of got to do your due diligence. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So true. (sighs) (laughs) Like, like he steps off a treadmill. (laughs) Yeah. 
Can I just say, we have almost exhausted my notes personally, and I'm very happy about it. Yeah, you didn't you didn't talk about MXPX much. No, they're on my notes, but uh, we talked about yeah. Christian stuff, which is that subheader, so it's fine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so here, here are your yeah. honorable mentions. Okay. You have to talk about Fall Out Boy. Fall Out Boy's got to mm. be mentioned. Because um, Fall Out Boy is one of those bands that, like, yeah. you know... Uh, Newfound Glory went like ultra pop punk to where like Newfound Glory now is a little bit more like they still have some no like MTV pull because MTV sure. doesn't exist but yeah. whatever the equivalent to MTV pull is uh-huh. now I don't know what that is sure um, I guess just being played on the radio I guess is the radio the new MTV <laughs> right you mean it's gonna start showing reality shows yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah but um. Uh, uh, so yeah, you've got you. You can either go like the way of Newfound Glory or the way of Fallout Boy, which was yeah. complete like pop radio version, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 right. Um, mm-hmm. But they all started in the same place. Like yeah. you know, Fallout Boy, take this to your grave. Like you know, I bought that as a senior in high high school, and I was like, this is the greatest album I've yeah. ever heard. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then you have like the, all those fueled by ramen bands like Paramore. I was gonna and, say yeah, yeah, and that all that all kind of feels sort of. Uh, sort of more emo. I, yeah. I feel like emo gets, sure. I, I don't mean that with any sort of uh, negative connotation to it, just in no, terms yeah. of like trying to, try, trying to be a little bit more specific with that. I think, I think you're right. Um, all those fueled by ramen bands and, and fallout boy kind of went that way. It was like, there was, there was, there was this trend. Cause I'm a big lyrics guy. Like when I get into music, I'm very interested in the words and what it's saying and all this kind of stuff. And there was this big trend and I loved it at the time where these bands would match up like, romance and love lyrics with like violent lyrics about car crashes (laughs) so it was like and they would contrast those over and over and it became like it became a little bit of a silly parody of itself but it was like you know but i think fall out boy was one of those bands where like the their song titles were just way too long way too long and they were and the lyrics were really clever and visceral but also like very relatable or whatever yeah 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 i I feel like it there's this weird sort of line that exists within that culture where there's a little bit of presumption that you can have yeah. and if you're doing it well i guess if you if you end up in first place all of your presumption is like oh yeah they're so fucking deep and yeah. if, and if not yeah. then it's like <laughs> right. oh my god this try hard yes yeah absolutely yeah. i think also um one you know honorable mentions i think i have to say drive through records i just have to say that that phrase yeah. on the episode at some point mm-hmm. cuz i was very into that that was a big pop punk yeah. sort of staple for me yeah homegrown the starting yeah. line um and the less pop punk bands like rx bandits and, yeah, yeah. Um, that was something corporate as well right was drive through records was yeah. mm-hmm. and i think reliant k eventually ended up becoming their own version of something corporate right yeah they went sort of piano-y. Yeah, um, a little bit later, and that was the Reliant K album where it was like, oh, these guys like actually did some homework on this yeah, right. album and like listened to some like No Effects and other bands. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> wasn't as wasn't as yeah. good as the Marilyn Manson stuff early on, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that, that's great. Um, it, Wikipedia yeah. makes a makes a a note of, and they call it actually um, neon pop, uh, oh, which I feel like eleven D seven fell very squarely into the neon punk crowd. Sure. Uh, which was like forever the sickest kids. Yeah. Uh, a mm-hmm. little bit Cobra Starshipy. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. A lot of those bands. Because I, I remember that being, that term kind of being coined uh, via sure. AP or the Zeitgeist mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. Um, and we got mentioned in a few articles uh, with that. I'm not really sure <laughs> why or how we got put on their radar sure, sure. um yeah but that that was a thing and i still like kind of love all of it <laughs> i still love the sure, neon yeah. uh the neon punk sure. sort of thing like the cab rocket to the moon secret handshake yeah um mm. yeah it was it was a kind of cool cool moment in the in the late 2000s yeah and i i do think like ju- just like kind of mentioning earlier like it's like you have the tree trunk and then all the branches and the branches yeah. can be so drastically different like yeah you know what one of the biggest bands that came out of like the warp tour age that to this day i still think like they're like you know the uh ultra the real deal is my chemical romance like i mm-hmm. i think you know the black mm-hmm. parade like to me is is as strong as like and this is sacrilege but it's like <laughs> it's like the equivalent to me of like 
a Queen album to my mom. You know mm. what I mean? Like, wow, sure. Um, you know, their album after that, which I think was their last album, was very like kind of like comic book yeah. meets Americana rock and roll inspired, and there were some synthesizers. And I realized like the thing that they were doing is they were they were creating like an aesthetic, a look, a yeah. story, characters, and I'm like, oh, maybe I don't want to be in a band. Maybe I want to make a movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, they were they were they were bordering on that at that point because like he yeah. went on to write comics and like the video uh-huh. for that record had like Grant Morrison, who's a really prominent comics yeah. writer and stuff like that. So they were definitely toying with that sort of multimedia kind of narrative experience world. Sure. With that record. Yeah. It's the whole like pop punk baby boom like there's yeah. a little something for everybody in there. That's right. I think. Yeah, I yeah. I feel like now, um, I, I've recently read a few articles that have come out over the past maybe eighteen months that are crunching some data, and I I should I should have them in front of me. We should put them in show notes, but just hang with me here. And if you don't believe me, Google this shit. Um, yeah. But pop music as a whole is actually becoming slower. Um, huh that everything's becoming a little bit a little bit more chill that our sure. our collective cultural bpm is actually like yeah. at the lowest that it's been in a while <laughs> and that prompted a lot more questions in my mind about like well what what's actually happening with music i yeah i hit it onto spotify after i read that and i checked out you know like the top curated spotify punk playlists mm-hmm. and as i was scrolling through there i was listening to it and i was God, this sounds so boomer of me. I was like, this is not punk. Yeah. This is really, (laughs) really slow. This is like emo. This is like alt. This is like something different. But I wouldn't, I'm not, I I feel like when I think punk, I think very vibrant, lots of energy, like super invigorating kind of attitude and aggression that kind of comes with that specific style. And I, everything that I heard was good. Like the production was good. The songs were cool. But I yeah. was like, I wouldn't, as a 30 something, call this punk or pop punk. Right. I would call it yeah. something completely different because it was so much sadder, so much slower, yeah. so much less energetic, so much more Xanaxy, I guess if that's yeah, a term. Sure. That's that makes sense. Yeah. Um, huh. So I wonder if that is going to be the thing indicative of like maybe maybe that's what kids are growing up with now i, I sound so like out of the loop i am sure. i mean admittedly yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like i try to stay on top of it i just think it's more interesting yeah. culturally because i don't want to be that guy that's like that doesn't get it i think that there's sure. every generation is going to have people who are able to to make really fun and culturally appropriate art for the time that they're making yeah. it and i i don't want to talk shit about any of that i want to be I want to be on board with it, but I definitely yeah. am feeling that dissonance of, oh, there's some things about this that I don't understand that don't necessarily yeah. reflect my experience in the world. Well, and and I think I think like the way to avoid being that old person is probably like as we as we age, like the way to avoid being that is just to recognize that there are going to be things that get made that we're not going to understand mm. because they don't speak to our sort of experience like our psychology our psychologies gravitate toward things or remember things really well from as we were saying 1999 right whereas <laughs> if, if if our right. if our psychology was just developing during like the the 09 financial crash right we would have different influences that shaped us and stuff like that yes. so um it's kind of one of those things where it's like hopefully as we continue to age we can find good things in new art and new music that's being made even if we're like I kind of still don't get it. Like, it's kind of fine. I th- I feel like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Spitballing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, boomer. Anyway, how do you make this thing record? Well, I think, I think a great way, I don't know if you guys are ready to wrap this up, but I feel like listeners might be ready to wrap sure, it up. Sure. Yeah. We're like, we're like sure. rolling on yeah. almost two hours here. I think, yeah, right. I think that was a really important thing that we just touched on. The, yeah. the cultural appropriation and we're not supposed to get it. It's not our reality. It's not our world. It's right. not our, our set, our, set of experiences and those belong yeah. to to people who are younger than us in the same way that we were constantly trying to find art that reflected our values that helped to teach us who we were that helped to for us to express who we were at the time everybody's going to yeah. have their own set of that that looks differently I think it would be really cool if the three of us right now made a podcast blood pack to not be old fuckers who don't (laughs) 
get it and Hell just yeah. only Hell have yeah. shit to talk about everything else that comes up behind us as not being as good. Of course, when you're a teenager, you get all of this amazing amounts of dopamine in your mind. So like when you put on a yeah. record, you develop all these neural pathways that like when you play them mm-hmm. back, of course it feels like a blanket. Of course it feels <laughs> like you're just getting sure. this bump of coke, you know, from your Absolutely. from your childhood. Like, yeah. cool, that's yours. You own it. Let somebody yeah. else in. Let somebody else into the room to make their totally. own thing. Um, totally. Yeah. I like that pact. I'm, I'm in for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm on board. Awesome. Yeah, I realized I sprung yeah. that on everybody the last minute. <laughs> Who's ready okay. to go to Vegas? All right, guys. I, uh, I feel uncomfortable. I'm going yeah. <laughs> to... I need to pray about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh yeah. man! So I, I do, yeah, I, I'm on board for this. If I, if I encounter, which inevitably I will, Gen Z music or younger, that I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. I resolve not to say it's not as good as it used to be, <laughs> and just say I don't get it because I'm fucking old. So <laughs> love it, I love it. <laughs> and if we do, if we do, at some point, you know come across that yeah. kind of stuff because we're we're old yeah. and we're opinionated and people get opinionated big deal <laughs> sure um of course yeah that you know if we do have shit to talk we'll do about it together on yeah. somebody's back porch after all this COVID is done absolutely <laughs> i love it that man. Actually sounds really nice that sounds really right? that sounds like a wonderful evening get together yeah. and just talk shit about music yeah. <laughs> but not to not to offend the gen zers <laughs> oh, oh i love man. it I love it. Matt, thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate yeah, it. Thanks it's for been... letting me come on your show. I mean, dude, thanks for yeah. letting us come on your show. Yeah. Yeah. You're, oh. We're on your show too. This has been, <laughs> don't, don't you forget that. <laughs> this has been amazing. And I feel like, I feel like you guys have such a really, um, unpretentious way of just exploring topics that is not, doesn't exclude anyone <laughs> that makes sense and i feel like everything is so polarizing now everything is like sure. kind of designed mm-hmm. to make you feel like a fucking idiot and i hate those kinds of attitudes and that mentality i like feeling like hey let's just like talk about it. you know some shit i yeah. don't and i have a lot mm-hmm. to learn from you and i feel like that's very much what we're trying to do at rock candy and i feel very honored that you guys are are a part of, of what we're doing there no thank you that that I, I really appreciate you saying that and that it does come off that way. Um, you know, I think the last thing we want to do is like, uh, contribute to, uh, anything being shit on. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. cause it is, it's, it's, uh, it's exhausting. It's exhausting yeah. to, for, you know, like for like a film review, like the ones that pop out are the, this film was awful or this is bad or I hate this yeah. instead of talking about all the things we like sure. or at least just exploring what we do and don't like about something. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I hope that we get to do this again very soon. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com. Thank you for listening. DNN.